This is the Law Podcasting Podcast, where you learn how to use modern media to get your message out and more good clients to your law practice. Here's your host, Gordon Firemark. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is episode number 21 of the Law Podcasting Podcast. I'm Gordon Firemark, and this is the show where I talk to other lawyers who podcast about how the power of podcasting can help to support and develop their businesses, even if they're not podcasting directly about the law or if they are. My guest today is Mark Diaz, a real estate practitioner in the Memphis, Tennessee area with a firm called Track. They work mostly in the residential transactional space, and they represent real estate investors around the southeastern United States. Mark has also always been interested in entrepreneurship and serves as an adjunct professor in entrepreneurship at the University of Memphis and entrepreneur in residence at the FedEx Institute of Technology. Lately, he's been giving some of his attention to the business side of law, and he describes his podcast, Lawyer Straight Talk, as a first foray into experimenting with and testing some business models in the law. Um, his current projects are that podcast, which we'll be talking about today, and the Da Vinci Golf Approach. Mark? Diaz, yes. welcome to the Law Podcasting Podcast. What is the Da Vinci Golf Approach? Well, it's uh, it's it's kind of looking at the science and technology that's developed around the game of golf, mm. and looking to find out how the pros and high level players are applying those ah, those okay. tools. A lot of mindset stuff mm. as well as uh, technology. Exactly. Stuff, huh? Interesting. Exactly. Interesting. And well, I was trying to have, to figure out how to describe that in one word, and, and Da Vinci is what I ended up with. I see. Okay. So we're here to talk about podcasting, though, and, and your show is called Lawyer Straight Talk. When did you first decide to when, – when did you get started? Well, starting is – depends on what you mean by start. And I started thinking about it and actually purchased quit equipment for podcasting probably a year and a half ago. Okay. And – I've got my probably put my first law uh, lawyer straight talk episode out earlier this year. Cool. So I've I've been toiling a lot. Were there other other shows and other episodes prior to that, or was it just a long time coming once you got the gear? I did a limited run podcast okay. for the St. Jude the FedEx St. Jude Classic, which is the PGA tournament here oh, in Memphis. Nice. I did that last year, and um, that was kind of fun, mm-hmm. and encouraged me to go go further with it. Gotcha. But it's. Um, Putting your not not coming from an interview background or a radio background, there's a lot of um, you feel you don't feel good enough to post anything. Yeah, I did tons of interviews, and uh, I did ton of tons of monologues, mm-hmm. and they were just never good enough to post. And then finally this year, kind of as a New Year's resolution, uh, I just said I'm just going to post it, and if nobody listens, that's probably a good thing. But I'm going to go ahead and get it out there. <laughs> well, you're a lawyer, you know. You know, would you ever have? gone into your first uh, uh, litigation matter in court, you know, thinking you were good enough right away. You know, you, you do it because you have to do it at some point. So, uh, uh, yeah, and I think lawyers are probably even more critical of that because we're sure. afraid we're going to say something that's that's wrong. Right, right. Perfect we're, isn't we're quite so good enough. We're so afraid to be wrong either for legal purposes or for our ego. Yeah. So what was it about podcast? What was it that led you in the direction of podcasting in the first place? Well, I was involved in a, a business group where me and some friends, other business owners, would get together and talk about marketing ideas and, mm-hmm. and uh, just how to grow our business. And one day we're at breakfast, and uh, some friends of mine, and thank goodness they never listened to me on this, but <laughs> they, they had told me they were going to podcast. Mm-hmm. And 
they're not they're internet famous now. Uh, they're so famous they've they've left town. They've I think moved I know to California. Who you're talking about. <laughs> they're all they're all over the place. Yeah. And uh, it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. And I've just been so impressed with them. And um, and I've had other friends who've 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 kind of done the same thing. Yeah. We were part of this group. They moved to California, started podcasts, and now they're ever, they're all over the place. Very cool. Very cool. So that got you just, interested. You just got to do it. Yeah. Are you a techie geek kind of guy? You mentioned that you just bought some gear and sort of got yourself hooked up. Is that is that how it happened? You do it yourself or in this kind of thing? I started out that way, and I am to to some extent. Some people might call me kind of techie. Mm-hmm. Uh, just I might be more techie than them. I don't consider myself a techie. Okay, but I, I'm I'm more curious than anything. So I end up going down these rabbit holes trying to figure everything out, and I end up not figuring it out or not becoming satisfied with the result. So I end up hiring somebody to do it anyway. And that's really why I, how I got my podcast launched today, uh, Lawyer Straight Talk. I finally found someone I could outsource the production and the posting oh, and everything nice. to. And that helped a lot. I, I think you just defined entrepreneurship, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, you really have to uh, – you really got to figure out how to delegate, how yeah. to let go. Yeah. So what were some of the hurdles that you've had in, in pulling this all together? Well, getting started, as I mentioned, um, just not being too critical. Mm-hmm. Going over episodes, uh, literally just second by second, Ugh. taking out breaths here, us pauses that I felt like were, uh, you know, too long. Yeah. And then um, now that it's up and running, the problem I have is getting uh, lawyers as guests. Oh, interesting. Getting them to talk on the record about their area of expertise, mm-hmm. and to get them to talk about it in a way that could be interesting to. Because uh, ours is a consumer-facing show. It's not yep. a podcast for lawyers. Mm-hmm. Try to be you know, interesting about bankruptcy. Interesting. Okay. And getting them to do it. Because <laughs> it's, such, it's such a new um, channel uh-huh. uh, for marketing. And, and most lawyers come from very traditional marketing channels, whether it's TV, billboards, or, or even radio, I guess, to some mm-hmm. extent. Mm-hmm. Podcasting is just really hitting them out of left field. You know, most of these guys aren't even on Facebook. Uh, right. Let them know. You know, they, they usually call me after the episode, and, and I have to show them how to download it or how to listen to it. Yeah. So fill in the listeners a little bit about the about the show, the format, and the structure of the show, and, and what it is, so that they have some context for this. Basically, what we try to do is 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 for different areas of law, um, consumer oriented things like uh, bankruptcy, divorce, real estate, DUI. We try to pick out the most frequently asked questions that, some, that the general public might have mm-hmm. and have the attorneys answer those questions. A mm-hmm. uh, great example being uh, on a DUI, do I take the test? That seems to be the number one question. <laughs> right. And the beauty of that is I, if I talk to five different lawyers, they usually have five different answers on that. They usually all have their own little caveats mm-hmm. that they like to color it with. Mm-hmm. So it keeps it fresh, even though it's kind of a yeah. kind of an old question. So you interview lawyers in lots of different practice areas, and Correct. now you're not a, a big law firm with all of these different lawyers in house in a de, in a department or in departments within one firm, right? So how does that work? Well, the, one of the reasons I started uh, the podcast in the first place was to help generate business for my own real estate closing mm-hmm. firm, mm-hmm. and. What we found over the years is we're a good source of referrals from other lawyers. And not being in a big firm, uh, you know, we don't have conflicts to think about. We don't really do conflicts checks like, like big firms do. Mm-hmm. So we create, I created the podcast to try to bring lawyers from other firms in 
to come together and market online and hopefully refer some business back and forth to each other. It's almost like a marketing co-op of some sort. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Now, the format of the show, it it tends to be pretty short episodes. I was telling you before we started recording that uh, this morning I had a long commute and I listened to maybe five of your episodes all at once. Um, How's that working out for you? Well, it's funny you mentioned commute because you probably have a much longer commute than we have around here. Yeah. In the Memphis area, I would say, you know, most commutes are 15 to 20 minutes maybe. Okay. And that's kind of the, the, the episode size that we were going for. Gotcha. So that's the idea is people can mm-hmm. listen exactly in small bite-sized chunks. And yeah, mm-hmm. great. So you said you started it in order to help promote business for your firm and, and by extension for the folks that you interview. Uh, have you found that that's working, that it supports your law practice? I haven't been able to quantify it directly because uh, I just don't do a good job of um, asking people how they, how they found us. Um, okay. People are telling me they're hearing it, they're listening to it. Mm-hmm. I've I have created some new relationships with attorneys that I didn't know before, mm-hmm. so they can become potential referral partners. But in the process of going through this, it's got me interested in perhaps creating some new business models for the law business. Um, how it seems like there there seems to be a trend or a movement, or maybe it's just the places I listen to and, and the people I listen to, but towards uh, developing personal brands. And I think all lawyers should develop their own brand and podcasting is such a great way to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, It gives you a chance to have, have your voice heard. Yeah. Uh, And uh, in certain areas of the law, uh, being able to talk to somebody over a podcast is just podcasting is to me is kind of an intimate marketing channel. It's not like video. It's not like you know writing a blog post. Most people listen to these with, with headphones on or mm-hmm. earbuds, and you're in their ears for 15, 20, 30 minutes at a time. And I think it's a great opportunity to kind of build a relationship with that person, especially those practice areas where consumers um, perhaps shop or think a lot about uh, something before they select a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Unlike, say, maybe a, a car wreck where it's maybe more time-sensitive, but say a divorce, for example, somebody usually uh, thinks of that decision for quite a while. And if they can listen to half a dozen episodes on lawyer straight talk, I think it allows them to kind of um, build that relationship with the lawyer and kind of pre-sell the lawyer services to them. Amen, brother. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about your workflow. How do you, uh, well, actually, let's talk about equipment first. What what kind of gear did you buy that uh, year and a half ago? What are you working with? Well, I probably don't do what I did. I went to Guitar Center okay. and told them what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. and they loaded me up. I've got mics. I've got booms. I've got uh, interface. I've got everything. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, my show now is usually a face-to-face interview. That's great. And what I do um, is I use, of course, two mics, mm-hmm. two dynamic mics that were, I think, about 30 bucks. Uh-huh. Um Two cables and a Zoom H4n. Great. Um, and I'm very mobile, and I can you know do it anywhere. It's uh, battery powered, and that's what I use for all my interviews now. Um, if I do anything remotely, or if I have more than uh, one guest, then I'll use my interface, mm-hmm. and I'll use uh, Audition on the computer. Great. Okay. Now that being said, I don't know if my audio quality is that good either. I think it sounds pretty good. What are you talking into right now? Is that one of these mics or is this? Uh... 
Actually, what I'm uh, using now is a blue snowball. Oh, nice. I think this is about a $30 mic. Oh, I think it's a little more than that, but but they're uh, yeah, but they're it's a it's a condenser mic, so it's going to pick up very sensitive, but it's also going to pick up a lot of the room noise. So it sounds like you're in a nice, quiet place. Thank you. <laughs> what I found when I uh, started kind of googling for equipment and stuff is mm-hmm. there's tons of information yeah. out there on how to podcast, mm-hmm. equipment guides, and everything. Yeah. And what I really want is to pay somebody that I can trust that tells me exactly what to buy. Because I've wasted so much money already on equipment. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have been so much better off if somebody would said, buy this, 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 and this. Well, you know, the other side of it is, Mark, that, you know, it's possible to do this without without having to go out and buy a lot of new stuff. If you have a microphone like a Snowball or something like that because you've used it for some other purposes, you know, there are ways to repurpose it and use it for podcasting. You don't have to get a dedicated podcast system, at least to get started. Uh, you know, it's possible to uh, to get the recording end of things set up very inexpensively and, and sort of test the waters that way before you grow into a bigger, bigger, more expensive highfalutin gear. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Usually there's, you know, free software on there. Yeah. Um, that service we just spoke about earlier, I think is free. Alphonic. Yeah. 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 So tell me about your workflow now. How do you prep for the show? What's the process? I mean, you're going to interview someone in a different practice area than your own. Do you do a lot of research and exploration beforehand and, uh, a little bit, mm-hmm. not a whole lot. Um, usually, um, I, I've got my own questions about that particular area of the law, whether it's you know bankruptcy or divorce or DUI. Um, I'll ask them uh, what their their most common questions are. I'll ask them before we go to the interview what the what the uh, you know the first three questions every client asks, oh, great. and then sometimes I'll go to uh, Avo and. Yeah. Uh, see what the questions are on there for that particular practice area. That's a great idea. Cool. So the big objection that most lawyers have when we start talking about creating media to uh, market our practices is the time commitment. So talk a little bit about how much of your time goes into putting together your podcast. Um, If I do one one 20-minute, 25-minute interview, that usually takes now because my my workflow has gotten a little better Mm -hmm. and I've gotten – I've outsourced the uh, the production and the posting of it. Yeah. Probably an hour, okay. including the interview time. And then you said you outsourced the post production and and the putting it up online aspect of things. Yes, I do that with uh, Podfly.net. Yeah, those are the guys that told me about you, so I could interview you. <laughs> yeah, those guys are great. Um, they helped me with my intro, my uh, iTunes cover art, mm-hmm. and. Once I uh, do an episode, I just put it in Dropbox and they take care of it. That is fantastic. The rest of my time is, uh, you know, usually writing a descript- description of the episode for iTunes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do the kind of the same for uh, when I post it to Facebook and to my website. Mm-hmm. And you do that manually, the, the posting on website and Facebook? and uh, Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. In, in, so you're how many episodes in? Uh, 17, 18 episodes now? Yeah. And I'm about to, I've kind of put a hold on it right now uh-huh. because I'm kind of experimenting with, with something else mm-hmm. as far as the um, lawyer straight talk. I'm about to, there was a, there was a big murder case in town a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm going to do kind of a four or five part serial type oh. treatment of it. Because um, I think it'll help me, yeah. yeah, help bring in some listeners to um, talk with the attorneys who are involved in the case, uh, witnesses, eyewitnesses, and and maybe even the uh, 
the defendant that got convicted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. True crime story seems to be uh, quite in, uh, irresistible for the general public. <laughs> True. And serial success is certainly uh, uh, informing this decision, I gather. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Has though in general because at the ahead. end of the day, lawyer straight talk is about is, is you know we need we need to increase our our listenership. Sure. And I think that is going to be uh, have a much broader based appeal than some of our other uh, other episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you know the kind of show that you have being sort of an anthology. It's not focused on one particular practice area. It, it's more focused on a geographic area in, in your case. Um, at least, at least, most of the lawyers you've been interviewing are in the Memphis or the Tennessee area. Um, it, it, it's hard, I think, to get people to subscribe to something that's going to be on a different topic every week. Um, many of which may not be of interest. You know, yeah, I guess everybody has that little little curiosity of, gosh, should I take the test if I get pulled over for DUI. But not everybody's interested in hearing about divorce or hearing about criminal defense in other regard and. And, uh, I mean, do you find that that's sort of a challenge? Well, not, not for my purposes. Um, because what I'm doing also, I'm not judging the the success or effectiveness of the show by strictly by listenership, but I'm generating a ton of content Mm -hmm. for the website. And as, as I, um, you know, get deeper into divorce, Mm -hmm. real estate and other practice areas, um, I'm going to take that com, uh, content, have it transcribed, and then create small booklets out of it. Yeah. Your guide to a Memphis divorce, your guide to a Memphis real estate transaction, and so on. And then use that to, to build a, a mailing list or those kinds of things so you can make contact with leads and prospects. Right. Great. Mm-hmm. Great. So why is it you think – well, you mentioned a little bit, but fill in the blanks a little bit on why podcasting is an effective tool for this kind of marketing. One the uh, the relationship that you get with the listeners, um, I don't. I think it's second to none. For for example, when I when I think of other ways to reach people, whether it's a billboard or a blog post or a Facebook post, you just don't ever feel like you get to know the person. Mm-hmm. And if you're about to hire an attorney for a transaction, attorneys, well, maybe not attorneys, but getting involved in any any kind of legal transaction can be potentially very expensive. And I think it's something that people research quite a bit. They ask for referrals. Mm-hmm. And there's not really an opportunity to go and interview the people beforehand. And you kind of get that with a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, in the divorce area, I know most divorce lawyers around here, the good ones charge for consultations. And other, Or you could just go and listen to some of their podcasts mm-hmm. and, and maybe kind of get the same feel for the person to decide whether or not it's somebody you want to work with. Great. Okay. Have have your your interviewees noticed an uptick? Have you heard any feedback on that? I haven't. It, you know, it's still pretty new. We've only yeah. been out for a couple of months this year, mm-hmm. but they've really enjoyed it, and um, they they're 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 proud to share it on their Facebook and tell other people to listen to it, mm-hmm. and um, and they're eager to do more. That's a great way to grow the audience too. You know, have mm-hmm. your guests do some of the heavy lifting on that. Yeah, and some of actually have have contacted me about starting their own podcasts uh-huh. um, uh, regarding their own hobbies sure outside of the law mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know it's it's really possible to I think to succeed in a marketing uh, in a marketing way by having a hobby podcast that is you know happens to be sponsored by your law firm you know people who have common interests 
sometimes have common needs in the legal area too. Not, not uh-huh. always, but um, so uh, you know that, that's one of the things I tell lawyers who are thinking about podcasting is it doesn't have to be a practice area specific or even a law related podcast in order to uh, do you some good. Uh, people want to get to know the person they're thinking about hiring, as you were saying, and uh, hearing about your your. Uh, uh, hobby of building you know carving wooden toys for kill for kids might be interesting to them so certainly yeah I, I totally agree because i was thinking of actually of starting another podcast in memphis highlighting uh, different entrepreneurs and having it sponsored by the memphis law group also wow great great so um well, what do you tell me about some of you i mean you've been at it for a few months now you must have a favorite moment so far anything fun or exciting happen Probably not during an episode. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as kind of a rewarding moment mm-hmm. is when people reach out to me unsolicited on Facebook or a phone call or however get a message to me and thank me for an episode. Nice. I've never really had an outlet to reach out to people mm-hmm. before, and this is this is kind of my outlet. And cool. for them to for they have that feedback come back to you, it uh, feels really good. Yeah. Do you do other content marketing, blogging, social media, that kind of stuff? No. I've, I've tried uh, blogging a few times, uh-huh. and it was just trying to push a square peg into a round hole. Uh-huh. I just couldn't get the uh, get any flow and consistency to it. Okay. So, but I really love the podcasting. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, you, you come to love the sound of your own voice at some point, too. <laughs> <laughs> so... I always ask the question about a worst nightmare moment and and the trend seems to be that episode you thought you were recording and you didn't. Have you had that experience yet? Yeah, twice. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> but I caught it while I was recording. Sure. Um, and uh, one one I fessed up and the other one I just kind of covered it up and uh, we, we I hit the record button, we kept going and uh, we circled back to some of those questions later. Gotcha. Oh, so, that's clever. Did a little edit- editing on that one. Mm-hmm. So okay, so you a few uh, you know a few months in, uh, not seeing exactly direct uh, correlation with business growth and that kind of thing. But would you recommend podcasting as a tool that lawyers can use? Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, no matter your practice area, um, if you look at it from a content marketing perspective, it's an easy way to generate a ton of content. Most people can talk a lot more words than they can write. And you can you can take a podcast, whether it be a monologue or an interview, have it transcribed, turn it into you know multi part blog post, or you can turn it into a short book or a guide. There's tons of of ways to repurpose this audio content. Yeah, that's great. That's a that's a fantastic bit of advice. Any other advice you would offer a lawyer or anybody really starting out with podcasting? You know, don't get caught up in launching about getting on iTunes, new and noteworthy, and and get caught up too much on the launch because I did that and you know, I've been doing it for, for three months and I feel like if I'd been doing it for 15 months, I would be so much further ahead of the game. And looking back at it, there was no really good reason to not post those old episodes that I had and, you know, make it easy on yourself. If you can afford it, um, buy a course or buy or, you know, find a good equipment list if you need any, you may have, mm-hmm. you know, can repurpose what you've got. And then uh, get somebody to handle those details if you don't like it. Uh, even if you do like it but don't have the time, spend your time getting interviews and let somebody else worry about the post-production and posting the episodes. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
All right. Anything else I haven't asked you that I should have? Anything you want to share? Um, well, it just occurred to me, you know, you mentioned if, if I've gotten any, has it, has it turned into any new business? And I just realized we've had some new people sign up on our website from, we do a lot of, uh, investment property business, mm-hmm. uh, international. And, uh, I noticed this over the past couple of months, I've had more and more internationals, uh, signing up on our website. So I don't know if it was attributable to that, but it, it correlates for sure. Okay. Wow. This has been a terrific interview, Mark. Thank you so much. I've learned a great deal about your philosophy and I know the listeners are interested in what you've had to say. And I just want to say I'm grateful. Thank you for joining me. How can listeners reach you if they have questions or interest in what you do? Well, uh, the podcast resides at uh, memphislawgroup.com and it's Lawyer Straight Talk in iTunes. And our, our company is Close Track. That's C-L-O-S-E-T-R-A-K.com. And I'm online at at Mark Diaz on Twitter and Instagram and uh, markdiaz.com. That's Mark, Mark, with, a Mark with a C. Yes. <laughs> okay. So the podcast is also in, in iTunes and, and other podcatchers? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let me say thanks also to the listeners. Please uh, take a moment to send us your comments and suggestions on the website over at lawpodcaster.com. And uh, if you would be so kind, an honest review in the iTunes store is very welcome and does help us uh, – get up there in the rankings and, and uh, stay uh, top of visibility in, in iTunes, as Mark and I were talking about. So, uh, you know, please do that as well. And uh, that's about it for this episode of the Law Podcasting Podcast. If you're interested in taking your law practice marketing to the next level, the Power Podcasting for Lawyers course is now open for business. So please visit lawpodcasting.com and sign up to get access to the three video series. And when you do, I will also send you my free law podcasting resource guide. And until next time, we'll say keep on podcasting. Podcasting.